Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Cycle Podcast, Season 3, Episode 11. I'm your host, Melissa, and in today's episode, I chat with Jessica. She is from Canada, and we chat about her story with endometriosis, how it's led her to potentially shift her career path, and how she discovered both her mother and aunt had endometriosis as well. Listen in to her story here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And I hope you are feeling well. Thank you again. Hi, everyone. Today I have Jessica P with me. She is from Canada, Ontario to be exact, which is only about 15 minutes from my house. So we just waved to each other from across the lake. And welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Thank you for being here today. Why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself? So um, as you mentioned, I'm Jessica and I'm from Ontario, Canada, really close to Niagara Falls. So as you mentioned, right by the border. <laughs> um, Something really cool and interesting is I'm actually headed back to school to be a registered holistic nutritionist, something I've been very passionate about um, for many years. And since this pandemic happened, I thought now is the time, there's, there's no right time, but now is the time to just hop on and, and give her. And so I'm super excited about this opportunity um, just to learn about the body and also about how to heal the body with food and, and supplements and mind, body, and soul. So super excited about that. I'll be in this program part-time for about two years. And, um, and then I'm super excited to get, you know, working with clients um, and really building the foundation on how I can, can start building uh, like a side business. Um, and like for my day job is I'm in the total opposite. So I'm in finance. Um, so complete opposite. Total Good ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Total. Um, so I've got you covered. If you want to know anything financial, I'm pretty good with that. Um, and I've been, been in that career for about 10 years. So I'm, I'm like I mentioned, I'm super excited to have the opportunity to have a full-time job um, and to be able to go back part-time. Yeah. Um, I have a dog who I absolutely just love. Um, he's six and his name's uh, Princeton. Oh. And so that takes up some of my time outside of um, work and school. And yeah, I'm looking forward to this new, uh, exciting, not new, but exciting new weather that's coming. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. No matter where you're listening from, if, if you are in the area where we live, yeah. as soon as spring breaks, you know, it could be 50 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, here in the U.S. and or Canada, I'm sure it's the same experience where people are already putting their shorts on. I've seen some people in shorts and we get real excited when the weather starts to turn. I feel so. like people are out in their t-shirts and shorts and sandals. Yep, yep. So <laughs> five degrees people, hits. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Five Celsius. It's just like, woohoo. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's what's going on around here. Well, we appreciate you coming on to share your story, but just curious. I know you're still like new in the school journey. Have you learned anything that was like a, oh, wow so far um I feel like I learn that all of the time every day I think yeah and I think um my biggest takeaway I've only been in classes since September mm -hmm. and I want to say the biggest takeaway is that um you know I appreciate the human body so much more than I ever have ever I mean 
the way that we function as individuals and the way that we nourish our body and hydrate our body and how our cells work is just so mind blowing and how it keeps us alive to like how like the heart pumps so much blood to keep us moving. It's that's one of like the things that is like totally mind blowing for me. Well, it's, it's something that we don't conceptualize on a daily, but right. It's not just something we think about. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because after one of my most difficult endo surgeries relevant to the podcast, I remember just waking up the next day and I was not in great shape. And I just remember one of my like epiphanies that morning was, wow, the human body is just amazing. The fact that I could roll out of bed and try to go to the restroom, you know, after a major surgery, I was just like, this isn't, this is just, it's incredible how resilient it can be. Yes, exactly. Resilient. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, And I continue to learn uh, so much right now. I'm in pathology and just learning about different diseases and and how it affects your body and how certain certain things are hereditary and and it's amazing because in this in this class um, we get to choose a health condition and I was able to choose endometriosis so it also allows me to dive to dive a little bit deeper and to educate myself a little bit more about you know what's going on with endometriosis and right um, the different sides of you know the holistic side but also the medical side of things. Right. Which I'm sure as we jump into your story here a little bit is probably been very just kind of eye-opening as well. I, I say this often on the show, but like I learned something new about endo and I've, you know, I've had it for over 20 years. I'm still learning something new about it every day. You know, I've, I've defined it wrong. I thought it was an autoimmune disorder. There's just so many things I think years ago that were not right and kind of program that into your head. And as time goes on, you learn like, oh, this is actually, and there's just so much unknown about it, but it is interesting. I feel like I still learn something about this disease almost every day. So yeah. And it's amazing to hear just different perspectives, right? So I need to be very mindful, like, well, other people too, you know, always be skeptical, skeptical, educate yourself and make your own decisions based on, you know, what you educate yourself on. Yeah. Something we talk about a lot here too, is just trusting your gut. I feel like intuition really is the key. So, okay. Well with that, let's, let's just start on, on the beginning of your journey with, with endo. So, you know, early on, did you have any signs or symptoms, you know, what kind of led you down this path? Um, so, I mean, I got my period at a very young age. I was like nine years old. Okay. And I remember my period was super heavy, but I really never started to be, get anything that was more bothersome, like cramping or fatigue or anything like that until I was probably into high school. I started to get really bad period cramps to the point where it was like debilitating where, yeah. It was very challenging to talk to your friends about it because, you know, that was considered something that was just not normal, Yeah. you know, like what you have bad period cramps, what you feel sick, like that's it's kind of weird. Um, and I, and both sides of my family have really struggled with, I don't want to say struggled, sorry, challenged with, um, you know, period like symptoms. Sure. And so, especially on my mom's side, my mom had endometriosis. Okay. Um, as well as my aunt. And so I, I, I always heard the word, but I never was really, I didn't really know what it was. I thought, oh, it was just like a period symptom of some sort. And did it, 
did they know they had it? Um, my mom did. Okay. Um, and my mom had ablation surgery for that. Never had excision, but but now that I know that I have it, mm -hmm. I mean, not clinically diagnosed by surgery, but by ultrasound. Um, my mom even says, you know, I wish I was more educated because I was never educated about, of course, the difference between ablation or excision or sure. whatever it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so she was treated for that and she had trouble getting pregnant and I just never clued into those, to, to those right. things. You're like, Oh, that's something my mom and maybe my aunt have I'm in high school. Like you just don't think that it's going to affect you. Right. right. Yeah. So and debilitating, just, were you missing anything? Were you missing? Events? Like I would, yeah. Like I would miss school yeah. or like, you know, functions to go out with friends. Mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't go out and it was kind of like, you kind of felt like shame around it because yeah. you know you had to cancel plans and as a teenager right. <laughs> we all know when you're canceling plans like what right. you're canceling plans over your period like what is right. this right and the word FOMO didn't exist then but for the youngsters exactly. that would have, we were having major FOMO that's for I, sure yeah because of course FOMO. you wanted to go you never wanted to cancel yes yeah and it was yeah. always like oh what do I do like if I get really bad cramps like yeah. you know, I can't just go home. I don't drive. So it was like, right. you know, at a young age, I always played those things in the back of my head or, you know, I'd always call my mom or my parents to pick me up if I wasn't feeling good, but sure. I would never tell them why. Right. 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 And at this point, do you feel like it's kind of normal and you're not talking to friends about it? Or are you talking to friends and friends are like, Oh, I don't get that. Or do you yeah, just kind was... of like, I'm just one of those people that has this. Yeah exactly. I was kind of like, Oh, I must be a different person who gets period cramps differently. My mom had bad period cramps, my aunts, right? Like this must be the normal thing. It's just sure. my friends aren't experiencing it. Maybe they got their period at a later age and right. Right. Yeah, sure. Okay. So throughout high school, this kind of happens. So yeah, throughout high school, this happens. Um, you know, I, I went to my doctor and expressed my concerns um, you know, my mom would always encourage me to do that. And, and so my doctor would say, no, that's like fairly normal. Um, you know, here's a prescription I'll give you, you know, ibuprofen 600. There was a few other prescriptions she would give me. And so those were like my faithful things. Like I couldn't go anywhere without them. Yeah. Um, and I would always have the repeats because I was always afraid of, you know, getting my period one day unnoticed or whatever, and not having that protection with me to say, oh, I need Tylenol or I need Advil because my period's really bad. You bring up, you just like triggered a memory in me. You bring up such a good point because I remember being like at that age, I wasn't 100% like on schedule. So the, I forgot, like if, if my period came and I was unprepared, like I didn't have anything with me, I didn't have any ibuprofen, that <laughs> yeah. was like, terrifying. It, it, you just, I literally haven't thought about that. And, and that used to happen quite often because, you know, maybe I'd be 35 days. So it yeah. just wasn't perfect. So yeah, I did start to, like you said, I did start to have like my kit, right? Me like, too. <laughs> Me too. All of my things. Pouch. Yeah. yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I was just sick and tired of like, you know, you know, you're going out one night with friends and then you're at the bar or whatever you're sleeping at a friend's house and then you wake up and you're like oh like seriously yeah. and 
I, it got to the point where I was like, I'm so tired of feeling that way Yeah. of the unexpectedness where I was like, okay, I like downloaded a period app. You know, I, yeah. I got myself, as you mentioned, like a little kit Yeah. and I made sure I had all of my things in there yeah. and I carried it with me all of the time. Yes. No, it's, it's something that I think we don't even recognize because we just, we normalize it. So it just becomes a part of like our life. I mean, the fact, like I, again, I go back to thinking of like being in my young twenties, like you said, go to the bar, like sleep at someone's house and wake up and be like, Oh, like just feel ready to pass out, ready to like literally pass out at someone's house and just be like, I need to get home. How do I get home? Like exactly. (laughs) Words right out of my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you, you go through high school this way. Yeah. I just you go to the doctor to treat myself. Yeah. Everything's fine. You yeah. know, then I started to doing, then I started doing some research on my own, you know, okay. I would see like shows on like, um, TV and, and so I started to research and I was like, you know, okay, not only is my period bad, but my, my mental health, like I'm starting to get like severe, like <laughs> I consider it like bipolarness. where you get like super either irritated, you become really agitated. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I find sometimes I can turn into like a different person. Yeah. Um, and so that really started to affect me. And I started to realize that that was happening before my period. And as soon as I started my period, I became a different person then. Right. Right. So I started doing research on, you know, um, PMDD and mm-hmm. severe PMS. And I'd go to my doctor and I would track my period and brought her this. And she's like, no, you don't have that. No, like you're fine. Your, your cycle is like on point. And we'd have these conversations and it, it was just a recurring cycle where I was like, okay, she justified my feeling of like, not feeling normal. I'm okay. I'm just going to continue to do what she says or he right. says. Right. Right. And, and so would you know any, I mean, you wouldn't know any better. And, and the fact of like living in this like constant fear of this potential week every month, like, I think that that takes such a a mental toll, especially at a young age, like in our teens. Yeah. And I think when you start having, when you have that mindset, Mm -hmm. I mean, being prepared is like my forte. I love it for anything, but when you do have your, um, your menstrual cycle, your period, it's like you then start to plan your life around your due time. Mm-hmm. And so when you do have an app or you manually keep track, however you do it, I'm someone who I, I'm like, oh, I'm planning a vacation. Oh, I'm going away with friends. Oh, we're going to a water park. Let me check my calendar first. Oh, I'm not available that weekend. <laughs> 100, same, same. And, and that's the way I, I still like, kind of maneuver mm-hmm. my planning when there is like a big moment like that or or you know an event or whatever it's like you have this dreadful feeling like yes. I can't be there because this is how I'm gonna feel yeah or I don't I better know get how I'm gonna feel like yeah I could every I mean, month you is could different be 100 right you could be a thousand percent prepared and you you sometimes you still don't know what you're gonna get okay so no. is this like throughout your tw- like this is throughout, like, I would say from the age of 13 to my thirties, my mom just had surgery about five or six years ago. Okay. Um, she had a cyst on her ovary and it was, it was fairly large. So sure. she had to have surgery for that. And 
I remember the surgery taking super long and I was, and I was worried. And so the, the gyno came out after and she explained, you know, your mom had surgery and, and da, 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 da. But what we did is we took extra time because your mom had, you know, some, some endometriosis that was there. And, and so we had to clean it up. Um, yeah. So that was kind of like an eye-opening moment. I'm sure you that were was, like, yeah, wait, it was eye-opening. And then I started to like, okay, you know what? Cysts can happen from this. Like what's happening. I need to really, you know, take, start taking more control over, you know, parts of this area because it's always been, it's always, it's, I've always went to the doctor for it. So now I'm just like, I was sick and tired of it. Yeah. I did it all. I did paleo. I did dairy free. I did gluten-free and I definitely felt a huge difference when I cleaned up my diet. However, that monthly cycle was still unpredictable, you know? So it was like, okay, you can only control so much. For sure. Yeah. I think reducing the inflammation because it's an inflammatory condition by changing your diet helps, right? It helps. Yes. It's not as, it's not as angry as like, or or like exacerbated, but it's still there, right? It's still right. So when you try like, were there any of those, like dairy-free was there anything that really was like, Oh, I know you felt better, but like this really helped just for people who are listening that might be trying to go down similar paths. Was there anything that was like, wow, this really, really helped. Like for me, definitely cutting out gluten really helped my like day-to-day pain. Yeah. Um, gluten for sure. Dairy for sure. I even found when I took out some lectins. So when I didn't eat a lot of peppers, um, and when I like would introduce a little bit of a uh, low FODMAP. Mm-hmm. So, you know, changing out onion and garlic for like infused oils and, um, and really just paying attention to my body when I had a flare up yeah, um, or, or whatever. But yeah, I would say paleo, um, that structure of following that was like number one. And I found when I changed my meat, so the quality of my meat, mm-hmm. I'm like, I love meat. I don't think I could ever be a vegetarian, <laughs> but right. I can definitely cut down on my red meat. And I found when I did paleo and whole 30, you know, I educated myself to find good quality meat. And when I did that, I found a change in my cycle. Interesting. Well, it I wonder if it's because the hormones that are in some meats, right? Exactly. That's what opened my eyes to be like, wow, is this because of the hormones of right. what I'm eating? Right. Right. And now it's much cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. It was- yeah. That may, I mean, that makes sense. I think the other really hard thing with the diet is I talked to a lot of people on the show is it's so, it's also so unpredictable. You could clean up your entire diet and then still have a really rough month, week. What I, it's just, I don't, it's, I don't know. It has to all be inflammation. Again, I'm not a doctor, but I just, there's times where it's like, I've been doing everything right. And I'm still struggling. Like that is the frustrating part too. And, you know, cutting out gluten for me and you might really, really work, but then like we meet someone else doesn't bother them at all. And it's just, I think it's how our bodies respond to certain things. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like the gut has a lot to do with that, you know, with the whole digestion piece and, and stuff. So yeah, I mean, the way that I, I would recommend to clean up your diet follow like a whole foods diet, get rid of the gluten, 
get rid of the dairy as much as you can mm -hmm. and then you know start introducing some things slowly right and track how i always tell people track, track how, how you, you feel. feel i'm yeah. sure you're sick of me saying it but i did it and it really it helped and you know i recently ate some tomato sauce like this week and i was up in the middle of the night not feeling well at all and i was like oh tomatoes like that's it yeah so that's peppers for me yeah yeah I have them very often yeah right it's in moderation so yeah just tracking those things is very very helpful okay yeah so you start to research find out all of these things make these changes yeah this is what within the past five years right because your mom had yeah. surgery five years ago okay yep. um and then i started to get um so i had seen a gynecologist that didn't go anywhere and then i started getting severe like gi issues so i wasn't i in my 30s i would say maybe about four ish years ago mm -hmm. um I was under like a lot of stress. Um, I'm someone who can be like quite hard on themselves, but there was a part of my life where I was doing a lot of like inner work and mm -hmm. um, uh, stress with work and, and things like that being challenged. And, and so I started to develop like GI issues. And I, before that I had done a lot of traveling over in Europe. And, and so I didn't know I was cleaning up my diet. I still wasn't feeling well. And I was like, okay, is this two different issues? And so long story short, I did some investigation. I worked with a functional medicine practitioner and I had some GI issues. And so, you know, it, and when I was doing a lot of research on endometriosis is that GI and endo go like hand in hand, yes. same with bladder. You know, if anyone's had reoccurring UTIs, it's like, why do I have reoccurring UTIs? It's not quite normal. Like, and so my first GI awareness was I had a stomach ulcer. And so when I educated myself on ulcers and when my specialist said like, do you take X, Y, and Z medication like anti-inflammatory NSAIDs, you know, do you get frequent UTIs? Do you take that um, microbid um, medication? And just asked all of these things. And I was like, oh my God, correlation, 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 yes. everything's matching. And I was like, yes. Oh my God, all of those pills my doctor gave me for my period cramps gave me this ulcer. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's the true reason, but that's my method sure. behind it. Yeah. And so, you know, I struggled with an ulcer in H. pylori. I had SIBO and bacterial overgrowth and leaky gut. And yeah. And so I'm still, you know, that's been about a year and a half now, and I'm still healing the gut. Yeah. And so I've learned a lot about how endo and the gut go like hand in hand, but also the, the bowels as well. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's exactly the kind of path I'm going down sure. now. Okay. So how are you feeling now? Like what's, what's your current, current event? Are you still chatting with a doctor? What's your, yeah. So I um, went to my gynecologist. I asked my doctor to send me to a gynecologist. And so I went and we had a conversation and I said, I'm here because of my age one, two, I want to make sure I can have a baby in five years, possibly. And I said, you know, express my concerns about endometriosis and running in my family and yes. my bad periods and how no one's ever listened to me and always dismissed me. And I'm done. I want to know an answer. Yeah. And so she sat me down and she explained some things to me and drew me this map and was like, you have three areas that you can go to. And she listed the medication. Mm -hmm. She listed, you know, 
a pelvic and stomach ultrasound. And then she listed, you know, you go on about your everyday life and we just don't see each other again. Right. Um, and the medication piece was something that was pushed on me. Like, this is the way you need to go. And, and I felt very strongly against it based on previous experiences with medication. And, and so I said, you know, let's rule it out. And I want a pelvic exam. I've never, ever been offered one, never knew it existed. <laughs> like an internal right. trans- transvaginal, yeah. never knew that you right. can have that. I thought it was like for pregnant people only. Well, and after years of going and saying, I'm having this pain, I'm having this pain. Yeah. And so she sent me for one, I got my results and she said, you know, Jessica, I'm, I'm glad that I, that we chose this route. <laughs> and, um, it turned out to be that I definitely had a five centimeter endometrioma on my left ovary. I did have a cyst on my other ovary mm-hmm. and, um, I had a, I have a septum in my uterus. What, I don't so, even know what that means. So it's like your, your uterus, right. And your uterus yeah. can be in a little bit of a heart shape. So yeah. you can have, yeah. yeah. And so, so is you it know, like almost like a divide, it's like a it? divide almost. Yeah. So there can be, um, a deep septum minor septum and, and that I learned can be it's operable. Okay. Um, and yeah, you can get that fixed if you are in the process of wanting to get pregnant. And so that was new to me. And I, it was very emotional and yes, very overwhelming because she's telling me, okay, you've got, you know, endometriosis based on this endometrioma um, and now you have a septum. And so we went down like this whole pregnancy talk and all this right. stuff. And I was like, this is too much. Like, yeah. And yeah. Um, so she take in one appointment. Yeah. And so she sent me for a second opinion. So she sent me to another clinic to get a sonio histogram. Okay. So they'll take a look at the septum a little bit closer, um, as well as she wanted another opinion on the cyst, because as we know, when your cyst gets five centimeters or more, you know, they need to think about removing that cyst. And so she said, I want to send you somewhere else. So I went and if anyone ever has to get a sonio histogram, that was like the most painful experience I've ever had in my life. Yes. I've never had one of those. That's, yeah. It's where they, is it where they put an actual like needle into the uterus? Yes. Yeah. It's like air and water. And yeah, it was like, and you're, are you awake during that procedure? Yeah. It, it's very like, it's very simple. It's kind of like just going to a gyno and sure. Um, but the pain. Yeah. is like the pressure is, is, is like, I'm like, Oh my God, this is like, this is the feeling of me on my period. I said to the woman and she's like, you get your period this bad. And I was like, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I literally, I, I couldn't leave the clinic. I couldn't even leave the table. Um, well, and I'm sure if you have endo and you have things that are potentially stuck together there, that just aggravated everything and it's blowing everything up right and so right oh gosh yeah um so they were even you know looking at me like oh like we've never experienced someone feeling like this and so I (laughs) this is during like the pandemic it was like April when this all happened right like in the very beginning yeah and I'm in a new city like an hour and a half away I don't know anyone and so I'm getting ready to leave and like I like have to go like run to the washroom because I felt like I had to throw up. And so so long story short, I get my results back and, um, she says, okay, so your set, your, your cyst is about three centimeters. Your endometrium is about three centimeters. You know, we're not going to operate. 
here are your options. Here's the medication. You know, you tell me what you want to do. And didn't really talk much about the septum, but was like, well, um, you know, when it's time to have a baby and you try and you can't, then we'll take a better look at it. And so it was never really disclosed to me. And so I'm someone, you know, just from the past, I've always asked for my records. And so I always, so I'm someone who will research on my own and, and talk to my naturopath to have someone explain it, explain these things to me. And if I could give any advice, always ask for your records, a printout, you're entitled to it. Yes. And sometimes the there's the things in your records that, that they don't discuss. Yes. All, and often. I've had that experience. Yeah, yes. Me too. Me too. Um, and so I'm like left here and I said to her, you know, I want to see an endometriosis uh, specialist. And so she didn't agree. And, and anyways, I got my way and I, I seen a specialist and I felt very unheard. I, I felt that I was the 400th patient that she told the same story to, you know, I didn't feel different than anyone else that she, or he might've seen that day or that month or that year. Sure. And, and so again, medication was the top of, you know, uh, discussion. And, and so I I said, I wasn't ready for that. And um, I I left the appointment and I had a follow-up and, you know, I said, I, and I felt, you know, when you go into an appointment alone, especially during a, during a pandemic, you don't have that extra support, yeah. you know, so you're out there fending for yourself. You're not well educated on endometriosis yet. I mean, you're not a specialist. I only know what I know and right. I know my body the, the best. Of and course. so, you know, when something's wrong. Yeah. And so I, was a little, I was like, okay, a little taken back. It was very overwhelming. And I made a promise to myself, the second appointment, I'm like, Jessica, you are asking what you wanted for. You didn't go into that first appointment and ask what you needed. The second appointment, you're asking what you want. And that's excision surgery to determine what is going on. Yeah. Like what is going on? We need to get to the root cause of the issue. Yes. Because we've already been going through this for so many years. Unacceptable. Yeah that yeah. you haven't been able to get to that person too. Yeah. And, you know, and the specialist was quite nice. One thing she did educate me on too, is that, um, you know, I was offered all of these hormone medications and I'm someone who is a migraine sufferer. And she had mentioned, you know, with estrogen dominance, you know, to give you extra estrogen, it's not good because you then will suffer from, from severe, even worse uh, of a migraine. Sure. And so really my options, she only gave me three options and that was Orlissa, the Marina, Marina, and it was uh, TXA. So that was like to stop the bleeding and okay. it's to stop, stop bleeding basically when you have a heavy menstruation. And so that one was not a hormonal medication, but the other two were. Right. And so she gave me some information on pelvic floor therapy, which I'd never heard about. And, yeah. um, and basically taking care of my bowels. And so I didn't really discuss with her all of my other issues and sure. working with a natural um, path doctor. And um, so I'd already been doing everything that she suggested with the food and right. Right. Um, yeah. So basically did my research and I was like, yeah, I'm not taking Orlissa <laughs> or I'm not taking the Marina for the Marina uh, for any of this. Um, I never, I, I never wanted to mess with my hormones. Like I just, no. I understand where you're, it, it, it scared me. I mean, yeah, it scared me. 
Yeah. And, you know, and I'm working, I was working with, I'm, I'm still working with my naturopath to keep an eye on my thyroid and yeah. just some certain things I'm feeling again with my gut. It's like, okay. And I, and I expressed, you know, I, I'm not ready to put something inside of my body until I can identify what is happening. Yeah, of course. Of course. Right. Of course. And it's like, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm waiting okay. for a specialist appointment to see, um, okay a gastroenterologist. Okay. This is going to be a second time just to rule things out. Um, and then I have a second appointment in May to check my own, to check the size of the endometrioma again. Okay. Um, and, and is go that from there. with and the endo specialist or not? Yeah. That's what the endo Good. specialist. Good. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, you know, when they do an ultrasound and they do everything in the office, they speak very fast. And, and mm -hmm. one thing that caught me is she's like, you know, cause I said to her, my concern is like, what stage of endo do I have? Where is it attached? Is it attached to my bowel? And these are the issues of, of why I'm having severe gut issues. Is it attached to my bladder? And this is why I, I had, you know, reoccurring UTIs in the past. Right. What is happening? And she's like, well, you know, I can tell you from the ultrasound, I don't think you have, you know, stage four of endometriosis, but I do see a dark area between, you know, the bowel and the cervix. And she's like, and I don't know what that is. She's like, it's a dark shadow. And so right there yeah. told me right. she doesn't know what is happening. And, and, and to her defense, yeah. like ultrasounds can't show everything. I've had MRIs Correct. that have not shown that I right. had endo. You Until know? you go in so, there. Yeah. So I just, for me, like, I just get uncomfortable when doctors are so matter of fact. I'd rather have someone say, I don't know. We'd have to open you up to confirm. That's fine. I'd rather just hear that than someone be so matter of fact. I'm sure that's how you felt. I, yeah. And you know, when she, when she, yeah. And when she had my chart, she said, Oh, you have a septum. And I said, yes, I said, but I was never really educated on the severity of the septum. Right. I said, I want to have children. And she's like, well, you're not technically, you know, here for this appointment for that. But, you know, she did put my mind at ease and was like, you know, don't worry. This is something that can be fixed. It's not severely deep, but okay. she said, we don't know because you're not trying to conceive at this moment. Sure, sure. She said, so it can play a factor. She says, but I'm more worried about the endometriosis. That's going to give you the infertility first. Yeah. She's like, unfortunately, you have two sides here that can give you a possible you know, challenge, challenge when yeah. you go to try to conceive. And, right. And so that was hard news too, because, you know, you have all of these thoughts in the back of your mind, yeah, like, of course. why do I have endometriosis? Why do I have to have a septum? Like, you yeah. know, I want to have a baby, you know? And right. Yeah. You have all of these things that. Yeah. And it's really hard. Like you said, when you felt like you weren't heard and you're, you're the one going through this, not, not the person you're talking to. Yeah. Like if they yeah. could just listen and be patient and, you know, I'm not saying all doctors are like that, but when it's like a rush, it's like, take a step back here. I know you talk to a lot of people every day, but I'm hearing this all for the first time. This is very difficult, especially like you yeah. said, during a pandemic, when you can't have that like support person with you. Right. I always tell people to record the conversations if the doctor uh, yes. allows it because <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. Cause you go yeah. and it's not to, against the doctor. It's because 
for me, there were times I would like almost black out because so much was coming at me. I literally wouldn't remember. I would be like, wait, what did they say? What? And I couldn't remember. I ha- And so when I started recording it, I would go back and listen and be like, oh, you because it's a lot, it's emotional, it's very heavy and it's hard. Yeah, I 100%. And I felt the exact same way after that last appointment. And I was like, I need to start recording it. Yeah. I was taking pictures of diagrams that they would, you know, show me, but I was like, I need another way to, to remember make sure I fully understand. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so how are you feeling? Are you, are you feeling okay? Or, I mean, no, I mean, it's almost like what is normal. <laughs> you know, you yeah. find out you have endometriosis and you're like, oh my God, this is where my fatigue is coming from. Oh my God, this is where my leg pain and pain is coming from. Yeah. Oh my God, this is where this is coming from. Right. Oh my God, I have GI issues on my period. I never noticed that before. And so all of these things and, you know, I find every month is, is different for me. Yeah. Um, I'm very fatigued. I can be very sore coming up to my period, I can be like, I consider it like brittle. I'm mm-hmm. like a brittle 90 year old. Um, yeah. And when I went to PT therapy, we joked because I was like, the pain that is inside is like, she's like, is it like lightning crotch? And I was like, that is the name. It is like a lightning crotch. And she's like, that's what pregnant women usually like will get. And I'm like, that is the pain. Yeah. Like, is it, has and, the PT helped? You know what? Uh, I went, I, I gave her for like three to four months. Yeah. It was like, every cycle was different. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to believe yeah. that that is going to help me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think I truly believe there is maybe five or 10% that can help with the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but not like a, not like a thing that I would commit to all of the time. Yeah. And I don't know if I would buy, you know, a wand to be able to do that all the time. Sure. I mean, if, if you have disease there, I, I, and again, I'm not a medical professional, but isn't it going to just keep reacting? I don't, you know, I don't know. Correct. Exactly. But at least the PT, like probably understood your pain the most out of everyone you've talked to. 100%. And she was, um, very attentive and, and listened and was very yeah. curious and, you know, wanted to know how my cycle went and wanted me to feel better. Yeah. Um, and wanted, you know, the, the muscles to be loosened. She wanted to feel a difference to, to know that she was helping me. Sure. And, and so that would, that made me feel great. Yeah. Right. Because it was being heard and someone that can actually feel that you, your muscles are very tight and that you are in pain. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. I, that's a, that's, it's a, it's a tough road that yeah. you've been on so far. And I know the medical system is just, you know, so much different there versus here in the States where it's like, you have to wait, like you can't just go in and, and demand things, right. You have to get a referral. Yeah. You have to get a referral. Um, if you want a second opinion, you know, they're asking, why you want a second opinion. And sometimes when you ask for a second opinion, that next doctor is not going to see you. And, right. and so there's a lot of political like stuff that happens behind the scenes. Um, yeah. And you're waiting forever. Like I'm still waiting for an appointment as a, for a referral and it's going yeah. on two months, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I can just, yeah. And people who are severely sick, they're still waiting. 
And that's just not with endo. That's with anything else. And right. Right. Mind you, I'm, I'm very grateful for my healthcare for though, sure. but for sure. But yeah. It, it's it a comes way, with it's its a own struggle. set of challenge, right? Same yeah. I mean, on our side, we might be able to go get second pain, but we're paying insane amount of money to be able to do that. So it's just like, and you're constantly you know, having to advocate for yourself, right? So constantly, one no matter thing what that country, no matter what healthcare yeah, system, 100%. that is the one thing that I will say within the medical is everybody's advocating all the time. And as a female, I find it's, it's challenging, you know, one to be heard two to just to believe, yes, you know, that you're not like just over dramatic, you know, yes. and, and yeah. And, and so I find I'm noticing that even more. Yeah. And like, there, how, like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just want to say, is there anything on the like natural side, because you have been seeing a naturopath too, that's been helpful or helping um, in this kind of like time where you have to wait? Not really. I've taken some B6, um, but I've refrained from taking anything else, just figuring things out first, you know, um, she did recommend, you know, curcumin and she, um, recommend, recommended NAC. So some, some liver detox of the toxins that are in the body and how we, you know, uh, take those in every day with food environmental, however it is, yeah. um, recommended some Chinese medicine, but we were like, okay, you know what, let's just hold off for a bit. Baby let's steps. treat the adrenals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm treating my adrenals for the fatigue and, um, so supplementing with some iron and I was like, okay, we need to take this slow. Yeah. Um, and just play it to see how, yeah, I feel. Right. And, and right now I, I just take Tylenol and I really don't, if I cannot take it, I, I won't take it. And that's the only pain medication that I'll take for right. period cramps. Yeah. Right. right. And probably heating pad is your heating pad is my best friend. friend. I yeah. take it around with me. <laughs> I, I would take it to work. One. I legitimately yeah. have a travel one that is USB. Like when I found oh, that, I was like, Oh, this is like a game changer. This if you plug brilliant. it in the hotel back when we used to travel all the time, but I used to travel for work. I would plug it right into the hotel lamp. So there, you know, there, Hey, I, I used to, <laughs> I would get, I would go to shop. We have a shopper's drug mart, which is our like drug store here. Yeah. And I would go and get those portable, like <gasps> yes. heating pads that had the sticky thing that yep. you would put like on your pants that would, and I would do everything I would buy. You know, two would come in a pack. I'd put one on my back and on my front, you know, and sometimes, you know, when we are at work, you know, you have a meeting or you got a presentation, something it's like, you have to pull one of those and put it on because oh, your yeah. period cramps are super bad and you got to put on the face and just act the part and go yes. along. Like nothing's happening. I've, those have gotten me through a lot of like a first day at work. I remember, of course. I started my period yeah, and I course. just had those, like, I think I had, I bought like a, whatever, I bought two boxes. I think it was like six. And I was just like, these are going to get me through the day, but yeah, sit very same. And right. You just put on your face and you, and you press through. And I think, you know, I could probably go down, unravel this thread for a long time too. But I think we, as people too, have to be like, no, I actually don't feel good and I'm not feeling well and I'm not going to fake it anymore, but it's very hard. It's, it's, it's hard to, it people don't is, have the awareness about how severe this illness is there. What I'm learning is there's the stigma around the period movement. Like, yes. 
you know, I knew it as a kid, you know, people like, ew, like you have your period, like that's gross or, oh my God, you know? And so, and it's even, it's even as an adult, you know, even from like a male perspective, like they need to be better educated. Yes. And also agree with you hundred percent as women in the workplace, how do they communicate that? And why do you have to communicate that you have your period and this is why you're calling in sick or I have endometriosis and this is my condition and blah, 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 blah. And this is why, right. You know, it's like, it's women. I believe (laughs) that women should have certain days of the month off. I agree with you. I agree with you due to the severity of their menstrual cycle. Yeah. May that not be one time a month, maybe five times a year but it should be entitled to women to have that. And there are some countries that are starting to push this. Yeah. The UK it's starting to happen, which is fantastic. It's actually getting recognition. I mean, it even goes back to like, I I hide a tampon when I'm at work, walking to the restaurant restroom. I hide (laughs) it. You hide it. It's like me too. I like my sleeve. Like (laughs) I hope nobody, I hope it doesn't fall out. And somebody know who can like, it's, natural. It's, oh, I'm going to the store. I'm right. Buying, right. Oh, I, oh, I'm going to grab a box of tampons and then I'm adding chocolate. It's like, there's the stigma. Oh, you have your period. So you're craving this. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. 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 But it, it's okay. Like it's yeah. Yeah. I, I could, I could talk about it for so long and I think it's on us too, to help be more open about it. And I think having this podcast is part of that, but even talking to friends and family and saying like, this is something I struggle with. And so hopefully they become a little bit more empathetic to understanding and then it just spreads. And I think it will happen, but it's very, very slow. And there's a major stigma very, around it. Yeah, very slow. And even just understanding what happens during that time of month, people just don't understand because yeah. you have those people who just are not phased by it. And I envy those people, you know, those people yeah. who can just have a cycle and be over with it and move, yeah. move along. you know, and still run a marathon or do whatever. And it's like, I envy you. You don't understand how, how good that you have it. Right. Um, Right. And the disease, you know, can affect people um, that are asymptomatic too. So then it's like, like you said, like with fertility, like they haven't had any pain, but they may have a stage four disease, but then they find out when they're trying to conceive. And it's just like, oh my goodness. So it's, and I've heard many people yeah, that happened too. Yeah. A lot of people. So, well, as we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add? Um, anything we missed tips or tricks that have really helped you for the people who are listening? Um, you know, just like be prepared. First, I just want to say like, educate yourself. If you don't know, just educate yourself Buy the book, read the article, do the research. Um, challenge what you read, challenge, you know, what people say, um, and educate other people. So like share your story and, and something like this with your podcast, this is like phenomenal. And I'm lucky that I was able to meet someone off your podcast because I related to someone who was on here. And, yeah. and so like, get out there and, and research and be your own advocate, you know, don't settle for no. And we can all be hard on ourselves and be intimidated with doctors and just make sure that you do have that support system for people that can cheer you on 
um, so that you can propel forward and say, no, this is what I want. I'm, I'm advocating for myself. This is my health. Yeah. Um, and just continue to like eat a healthy diet. And like you said, like document you can and also the best like do what you can please don't feel guilty if you eat a donut like please don't like like yeah <sighs> don't beat yourself up exactly. and if you have to take the medication just if yes. it's right for you yes. just do it I think we're so hard on ourselves you know it's yeah it's especially sometimes when I'm not feeling good like I just want a bowl of cereal of course something gluten-free <laughs> too but like that's all I want. Like, I just don't feel good. And I want like, I don't know, I get like this chocolate rice cereal. And sometimes then I feel guilty after like, Oh, I should have eaten vegetables. And then I was like, no, I don't feel good. I'm eating the, this bowl of cereal. Like yeah. it's okay. Absolutely. Um, and I think I mentioned to you, I had a friend of mine who lent me a book and it's the endometriosis book, um, with yes. the fruit on the front, yes. um, the key to healing, the, a key to healing and fertility through nutrition by Dion um, Shepherdson Mills and Michael Viron. This book is like, it takes you through everything, endometriosis, the body related to food, to everything. So if you, if someone needs to be educated on that, that's a, it's a thick book, but it's phenomenal. It is a phenomenal book. I read it in the beginning of my kind of journey with endo as well. And I thought it was great. I actually went to look in the basement to find it because that's where, you know, I have just a ton of books. I, I think I lent it to someone or gave it away. So I, I almost want to repurchase it because it was such a helpful book to me too. Yeah. And it's a nice book because you don't have to, when you first read the whole book, you can pocket book the certain chapters that you can refer back to, Yeah, which I think is nice. Very helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. And you'll have to keep us updated as to what goes on with your next appointment. I will. And um, we'll, we'll stay in touch for sure. But we really appreciate you being on. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for having this podcast to have people, you know, express their story and um, a chance for people to meet other people going through the same thing. So thank you. Thank you. And that's a good way to plug if I've been locked out of Facebook. So, but I, there is a Facebook group. Oh my gosh. It's been the journey. Um, I do have a Facebook group community group, um, for just the podcast. It's small. There's about 200 people in it, but if you want to chat with other people about the podcast, it's linked in the show notes. So check it out. And, um, it's a great way to just have further conversation. And, and most of the people who have been on the show, are in that group. So if there is something that resonates with you and you really want to chat. And, and like you said, Jessica, people have been finding people who have been on the show mm -hmm. and, and that they relate to and having side conversations, which I think is really helpful. So definitely yeah. check that out. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate your support listening in and all of your positive feedback. It means so much to me. If you'd like to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. If you could do that on Apple Podcasts, that helps us get more guests, helps us get higher search ranking. And I just really appreciate all of that good feedback because it helps people discover the Cycle Podcast. Also, if you wanna keep the conversation going, please join the Facebook group. There is the link in the show notes and it's just a group, a very small group of people who listen to the podcast and guests who have been on the podcast if you want to further the conversation. And lastly, 
This podcast is not a replacement for medical advice or treatment, so always have to put that disclaimer in there. Please always, always talk to your doctor. And thank you so much for listening, supporting the cycle. It means everything to me. And I just hope that this is helping you and you're feeling okay today. Thank you again. Thank you.